0: Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1625, Save Money Where It Matters Most, part one, by Corey of thefioneers.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is a show where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet sometimes a little too enthusiastically. But I can't help it, money is an incredible resource that we can use to craft the life of our dreams. So thanks for joining me today and every day. And before we get to it, have you subscribed to our other podcasts? We cover personal development and minimalism, health, relationships, entrepreneurship, and life advice on the other shows. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you get your podcasts to find them. And I have a new author for you today. I'll tell you more about Corey right after the reading, and it's a bit of a longer post. So I'll read the first half today and then finish the rest for you tomorrow. So with that, let's dive into the first half and start optimizing your life. Save money where it matters most, part one, by Corey of thefioneers.com. Jess and I are on pace to save about 60% of our after-tax income this year. While growing our income has played a large part in increasing our savings rate, even with intentional decisions to reduce it in recent years, it's also a result of reducing our spending in three key areas, housing, transportation, and food. These three expense categories are known as the big three, suggesting that they are the largest individual expense categories for US families. Collectively, they make up 62% of the average US household spending. We've optimized our spending in each of these three categories, but we haven't gone too far to an extreme. We don't live in a tiny home. Some may consider our condo a tiny home when compared to the current average household sizes, but it provides more space than we need. We own one car that more than covers our transportation needs. We also don't lack for food. Our fridge, cupboards, and chest freezer are seemingly always fully stocked. We lack for naught in these three categories. Somehow, we have resisted the urge to keep up with the Joneses. We found a balance that works for us. This saves us thousands of dollars each year. It has moved us closer to FI, both from a financial standpoint and lifestyle design and buying more freedom. Here's a look at our spending compared to the average household spending in these three categories. Housing. Average American, 32.8%. Ours, 34%. Transportation, average American, 15.9%, ours, 5%. Food, average American, 12.9%, ours, 18%. Total, average American, 61.6%, ours, 57%. Two reasons to focus on the big three expense categories. Prioritizing the big three expenses when pursuing financial independence is important for two primary reasons. Number one, the biggest savings potential. First, focusing on these areas gets you the biggest bang for your buck. These three expense categories make up 62% of the average household spending. These categories give you the most potential reduction with the least amount of time. Reducing your big expense categories will give you the most freedom and flexibility. If we had chosen to buy a larger house, it may not have been possible for Jess to work part-time or decide to take the leap to entrepreneurship. Prioritizing the big expenses also means that we don't have to sweat the small stuff. Small purchases can add up over time, but they won't make as big of a difference as managing your largest expenses. Let me give you an example of how downsizing your home in the Boston area, where we live, could reduce your spending. Imagine you bought a $750,000 home with three bedrooms and two bathrooms three years ago. At the time of purchasing the home, you put down $150,000, which is 20%, and signed a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 3.75%. This would bring your monthly payment to about $2,800 per month, ignoring taxes and insurance for the sake of simplicity. You find that you don't use the third bedroom all that often, but you do love your neighborhood. If you were to downsize to a smaller two-bedroom condo in the same neighborhood, you could significantly reduce your expenses. Let's assume you take $175,000 of equity that you have in your home, which is from three years of payment at $25,000 plus $150,000 down payment, assuming no appreciation, again, for simplicity. And buy a smaller condo for $575,000. This means a mortgage of $400,000. With the same interest rate, your new monthly payment would be $1,850, saving you approximately $950 per month or $11,400 per year. This is $11,400 in annual savings from one decision. This will save you $11,400 each year for the next 27 years. With the previous house in this example, the mortgage would be paid off three years earlier. Not everyone will have the same potential for savings. This is just one example of how one change in one of these categories can have a significant impact on your savings. As a reminder, saving money has a triple effect on your finances. It not only gives you more money now, but it also provides more capital to invest, allowing you to grow that money. It decreases the amount you need in investments you need to sustain your lifestyle long-term. In the example mentioned, it's not only about $11,400 more savings each year, you can also use that $11,400 to invest, assuming you already have an emergency fund. Also assuming a 3.5 to 4% withdrawal rate, it would also mean that you need $285,000 to $326,000 less to reach full financial independence. Housing is one example of the big three. Similar results can come from transportation or food, depending on your household spending. I recommend you consider all three when making big changes. It's common for households to move from urban to suburban regions to reduce their household costs. This is a very popular approach. According to Pew Social Trends, 55% of Americans live in the suburbs. I understand why. It allows families to have a little bit more space without paying more, or better yet, with paying less. The housing example mentioned was one of downsizing, but you can also move to reduce your housing expenses. The only problem with the latter is that you'll most likely increase transportation expenses. 87.8% of the average household transportation expenses are associated with a personal vehicle. Moving to the suburbs increases your reliance on vehicles and increases the odds that you own two depreciating assets for a two-adult household instead of one. Regardless of your strategy, it makes sense to start here because of the potential for savings. Number two, hear that on tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Save Money Where It Matters Most by Corey of thefioneers.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there The Fioneers was actually created by both Corey and Jess. They're in their 30s, both work for mission-driven nonprofit organizations and love talking about money. They started The Fioneers as a way to track their journey to financial independence. So come by thefioneers.com to hear more about their journey and big thanks to Jess and Corey for letting me share their work. I wholeheartedly agree with focusing on the big three when you're working to reduce expenses. This strategy has really benefited me in my financial journey. And I think the key to success is that it can't feel like deprivation. When I moved from New York City to Cincinnati and cut my housing costs down from an $1,800 per month rent payment to a $600 mortgage, it didn't feel like a downgrade. My current house is way nicer than any apartment I've ever lived in during my time in New York. I enjoy the fact that I have a yard and I'm surrounded by trees. I appreciated the opportunity to work remotely for my employer, and I adopted a dog that I get to spend a lot of time with. Also, while my house is small at just 1,100 square feet, it's way more space than I need. Same thing with my car. I bought a 2010 Mazda 3 for $6,000 cash about three years ago. I don't feel like I settled for my car because I couldn't afford anything better. Instead, I feel a deep appreciation for this reliable, inexpensive car that gets me where I need to go, has never needed any major repairs, and allows me to not have a monthly car payment. We talk so much on the show about reducing and optimizing our expenses, but I think the challenging part of actually doing this is that it's in direct opposition to our consumerist conditioning. We've been trained since birth to want bigger, better, and upgraded material possessions. We feel on a deep level that having nice things says something about our status and success. And while there's nothing morally wrong with appreciating luxuries, I found for myself that shifting my desires and actually wanting what I have now has been the mindset shift that's allowed me to keep my expenses low without being bitter about it. Well, that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day and great weekend. And I'll see you on the Sunday show tomorrow, where we'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits.